good evening and welcome, welcome, welcome to another instalment of the show about nothing. Uh, It is Lockdown Thoughts with Sean and G. We rarely have any meaningful thoughts, but for the next half hour, we're going to have a little bit of a bit of a chat about all things uh, new hobbies during COVID. And we've heard some we've had some great, uh, great suggestions on the social media. So we'll get to those shortly. But before I get into that, I wanted to introduce my co-host, my esteemed co-host. It is G. How are you, buddy? Mate, it's a show about nothing. That's selling us a bit short. We're the show of unpaid plugs. <laughs> and speaking of unpaid plugs, you really pushed Gin Fizz in the first two episodes. So yeah. I've gone out and got myself some Gin Fizz. I followed your recipe. And I've got a funny story about egg whites. <laughs> As you know, you thought the rub dog being Scottish was tight. Was tight. It was very tight. I'm going to choose my words carefully here in case my parents listen. <laughs> but, they do. Uh, they, they they text me. They said they're watching every week. <laughs> I'm glad they learned how to text, but I'm disappointed <laughs> they texted you first. Anyway, um, <laughs> we uh, I went for the egg whites. So I left three egg yolks in the bowl. <laughs> and I didn't say I was throwing them out. I just didn't need them at the time. So I did what any part-time chef does and i put glad wrap <laughs> over the three egg yolks and put it in the fridge <laughs> let's just say i've had to make a egg yolk milkshake and drink it because we couldn't let that go to waste <laughs> and that's the difference between the high high life in bondi compared to the average life in coughs <laughs> <I'm not laughs> bondi, mate. i'm in Kuji. it's uh it's it's like bondo without the uh, the pretension, I think they would say, uh, and a bit more of an Irish accent floating around the place. But tonight I've gone with, after your advice, I went out and I got that Oyster Bay Pinot Noir. Again, we don't get paid for any of these plugs. We don't even get free stuff um, unless anyone wants to give us any. But no, look, I went and got the Oyster Bay Pinot Noir and you weren't kidding, mate. It is such a tasty drop. I I had a little steak as well this evening. Um Got a nice ribeye from across the road, butcher, cooked it up, and it's going down like a treat with my Pinot Noir. So I'm a happy, happy camper this Wednesday evening here in Australia. So, gee, we're going to be chatting all things hobbies during COVID. And COVID has really been the motivator that a lot of people seem to need. It's like it's like this country, it's like we're breeding a a bunch of lazy, hopeless people, and then COVID came along, and all of a sudden, people have got a renewed optimism, a renewed uh, sense of urgency, maybe, to pick up the paintbrush or the tennis racket and have a crack. Uh, maybe it's just our in our nature to to have a crack, or maybe, just maybe, people are starting to get the hang of life and the balance that's needed in one's life. So. Are you one of these people, G, that is all for the new hobby during COVID or have you gone back to the tried and tested? Mate, am I ever. Following on from the theme of episode one and two, I'm, I'm that 95 kilo COVID baby. I'm doing all these things that I've, I've never done. And it's just like in the past 12 months, and it sort of started off before COVID, you know, I was um, – just trying things out and oh let's just do this while this little 
this little uh, restriction or this little lockdown goes into place. But I'm a prototypical COVID baby. I'm doing all the things people are talking about. And uh, aside from the career change and the tree change, I'm now playing golf, cycling, doing all these things that you are able to do in this restricted life we live. So we're going to dive into some of the trends about which hobbies are on the rise during COVID. Um, we'll also have a bit of a, a chat about other random things and a few encounters we've had along the way. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to ask you, uh, so it's Wednesday evening here in Australia. Well, here we go. Regional New South Wales is in lockdown. Uh, there's not a lot of reasons you can leave your house now. Uh, exercise is one of them. Are you glad that last year that you went out now and acquired, you know, some of the equipment now that you now have? Like you've got the bike, you've got the golf clubs, uh, you've kind of warmed up. Do you kind of feel like that was the entree and now it's the main? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. We're ready for this. We're, we've been ready for this and without having any idea of when it was coming. But now you're right, we're in a position where um, we can deal with it, we can adjust, and me in, me in particular, uh, nothing will change in, in regards with the, the way and how I exercise and work out. We've had a few comments on uh, on social media the past week, and one of the questions after um, after Sunday night's episode, which was all about career changes during COVID, and I, <laughs> I told that story about how in uh, in primary school at swimming lessons you couldn't dive to save your life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you've thought about turning your attention to? Do you, did you ever think about – I mean, the Olympics was on as well. We saw the diving and Mel Wu getting a bronze medal, a uh, little Aussie champion she is. But did you ever think about maybe, uh, maybe jumping back on the diving blocks during COVID? No, no, I didn't. And it, was, it, did, it did cross my mind, but – the diving blocks in primary school were about 1.2 metres, and now they're between 5 and 10. So whilst I've got bigger, much bigger, uh, it doesn't make sense to go from a higher a higher distance and try and not belly flop. <laughs> Are you <laughs> saying that the uh, the 95 kilo COVID baby isn't well suited? It's not the natural environ to be up at 10 metres? <laughs> Exactly right. Exactly right. If you haven't mastered the technique, there's no point taking on a high degree of difficulty. And it's funny you mentioned that story from from Sunday because, you know, it hit home, mate. The the whole belly flop and red belly black snake, it hit home. And I actually remembered the classes in primary school. There was the shark class for you good swimmers. There was the dolphin <laughs> class. You know, do you remember what class myself and all the other brown-skinned people were in. You remember the name of the class? No. What was it? A jellyfish. And a jellyfish doesn't <laughs> even swim. <laughs> it just floats. And we couldn't even float. And we used to watch the shark class, the dolphin class, you know, <laughs> swim 60 laps in 15 minutes and no one broke a sweat. And, and here we are in the shallow end with every floating device invented and knowing the man. <laughs> Clinging on for dear life. <laughs> Clinging on for dear, for, dear, for dear life and just waiting for school to be over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Do you remember when they put the uh, – shout-out to Wagooga, uh Public Swimming Pool. Uh, 
Do you remember when it was, um, let's call him Steve. Do you remember when it was Steve's birthday and they built those two new water slides at the Wulgooga uh, Public Swimming Pool? And for those listening in that don't know where the hell we're talking about, uh, if you're in Coffs Harbour, halfway between Sydney and Brisbane, head up the road about 15 minutes and that's where you'll be. Beautiful town. But they built these two little slides and uh, <laughs> old Stevie boy for a um, for, for a 10-year-old, it was his birthday. He was all, you know, he's a pretty, he was a, a thick-set human. Would you say <laughs> so, G? He was, how would you describe Steve? Thick set. Yeah, he was uh, he was big boned, and <laughs> and he'd he'd progressed. You know how they say some people grow quicker than others, and everyone else catches up. He was um, light years ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Steve story. So we're uh, we're traveling through Thailand, and we're on some one of those islands. I don't even know where we were. Koh Tao, I think it was, and it's a real scuba diving spot. Um, and it was one evening, and we're at this. Uh, like a dive diving hostel, having a bit of a party, and uh, it's me and Steve, and we're we're chatting to these these uh, let's call them a couple of uh, Germany's finest, and um, and they you know they, they said oh we've we've just come for from Australia, we did a bit of a trip through Australia, and now we're in Thailand doing some scuba diving, and nice nice nice, and they said oh whereabouts in Australia you're from, and for me. Having travelled a fair bit, not not t- turning my nose up to to Steve at all, but I know that most people in Aust- like they know of Australia, they know of Sydney, maybe they know of Melbourne or Brisbane. That's about it. True, true. And so I just said, "Oh, I'm from Sydney," just to make things easy, just to keep the conversation flowing. Stevie boy, though, he <laughs> he said that he was from Wulgooga, but beyond <laughs> that, like no one knows where Wulgooga is. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that, he said, he said, oh, you know, in Wulgooga, because they were being polite. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we know Wulgooga. And I knew. <laughs> I knew they didn't know where the hell it was. No one knows. No one no. knows. <laughs> and old Steve, he goes, old fix-it Steve, he said, um, he said, you know where the BP petrol station is? <laughs> he goes, I'm in Knox Street opposite, <laughs> opposite the BP. Oh, my God. Oh, too good. But anyway, I, I, I dive. I, I, look, I've diverted too much. Um, let me get back on the straight and narrow. So we're at the swimming pool. They built the two swimming slides. It's Steve's birthday, 10 years old. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was four of us. There was me, there was you, there was Steve, and there was our good friend Pete as well that was there, the four of us. And Steve went down the slide first. And we said, I'll oh, give us a shout when you're halfway down and then the next person can go down. And we've done that, but we didn't realise old Stevie boy got caught at the final <laughs> the final turn in the in the slide and he got stuck. And so then the four of us got wedged. And then next minute, there's kid after kid coming down. The whole slide was stuck full of kids. Uh, they had to get a bit of help for old Stevie. You remember that one, G? I do remember that. And there was an issue when the water stopped because, of course, it's not a water slide if there's no water. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so look, we've diverted a bit too much. So coming back to the topic of the week, we're talking hobbies during COVID. G's not going to take up diving anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but in terms of hobbies, you mentioned bike riding and also golf. 
Let's talk a bit about golf. How have you found the golf courses up in the Coffs Coast? Because there's plenty of golf courses. It's quite a golfer's little paradise there. How have you found the course during COVID? What has been the scene like um, on the fairway? Well, golf is one of those sports where it hasn't really been impact, impacted by COVID restrictions. Um, you know, it's it's a sport where everyone, you know, you're only playing with one or two other people. You generally socially distance anyway. Um, and it was actually a sport that was dwindling uh, prior to COVID. Yeah, it wasn't very popular. The, the Actually, Sydney's Lord Mayor, Clover Moore, proposed having one of the most popular courses in Sydney changed to Parklands for locals. So oh, I've just park, found, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's just it's just been one of those things where it's it's sort of what's something I can do at the moment, and there's a short list, and then on the on that list, it's just something that's you know, it's outdoor, um, for starters, you're you're with nature, it's social, um, you know, it, it is sport, it is exercise, and you can eat and drink as you play. So why not? So your go-to course. I know it well because every time I pop up for a visit, you uh, you take me out there to Safety Beach, which, I mean, you've got to dodge the kangaroos, but otherwise it's bloody magnificent. Um, tell the audience, because this, this show is just as much about the beverage we're enjoying as it is the ramble. <laughs> tell us about the drink that Safety Beach Country Club is famous for. Oh, you're talking about the mud. I'm yeah. talking about the mud. Tell the, the mud. people about the mud. The mud. It's a mix. It's a, you know I'm not going to I'm not going to give it away because it's, <laughs> it's a local secret. But the mud it unlocks two blends of beer and um, it also unlocks your game. <laughs> so the mud is something you can get. You know it's exclusive to the to the mid north coast and I think I'll, I'll respect the locals here and I won't reveal that. Okay. Don't reveal it, but tell everyone about what happened when I you took me out there. <laughs> I we're going to go for nine holes, and you said, no, I've booked us in for 18. Um, we've done the first nine, and we've gone back to the, the clubhouse for a couple of muds. What transpired? It, it was like, as they say, it's a game of two halves, and <laughs> halftime, my drink of choice, the mud. Two muds, if I may, changed the game because you killed the front nine. Absolutely killed it. I was I was wasn't quite there, you know. My drive was a bit off. My short game wasn't quite where it needed to be, and I think you might have come out three or four strokes ahead of me um, on on the front nine. You know, we went into the clubhouse, lovely steak sandwich, fresh off fresh off the barbecue plate, a couple of muds. I insisted on the second mud. We had the second mud, and that was all I needed. The juices were flowing. I was loose, and I came home strong in the back nine. And that's the beauty of a mud. Me, on the other hand, two months deep, my game went to the you-know-where. Um, and, look, it was good night, Irene. Uh, <laughs> G went ahead and, like, I think he ended up – you remember the, the final hole, 18th hole? I think on a par three, ended up with 10 shots. Uh, I was well and truly gone by that point. <laughs> yeah, and that's – that's um, it's a, it's a funny little story, that, because the mud – it's made by locals for locals. And you moved away from Emerald Beach. You, um, you chose you the light in Byron. What are you saying? <laughs> the mud chooses you. You don't choose <laughs> I'll leave it at that. You don't choose the mud. The mud chooses you. I like that. Um, 
All right, so let's move into uh, the next section this evening. It is Wednesday evening, as I said, and as we enter into this prolonged lockdown, we've seen a tightening of activity by the beach. We've seen a lot more police presence down by the beach. doesn't matter where you are. A lot of fines being issued. Um, we're not going to get into the politics of it all, but beach-related, other than golf, the other hobby I've been getting into is fishing. And in particular, I like I love a good rod fish, don't get me wrong, but I've been getting also into spear fishing because, right. look, at the time, it was actually last lockdown when they actually closed the sand. You couldn't enter the water from the sand. The beaches were closed. Um, the only exception was for essential food source gathering or whatever the hell the loophole was called. Wow. So I went out, bought myself some spearfishing gear and started it jumping in from the rocks and away I went. Uh, and, mate, it was a game changer because I could go for my hour lunch break. I could walk down, jump in the water, uh, get myself some lunch, come back, cook it up, and, mate, exercise is done, food's done. I've done the shopping, love. Relax. Fridge is, fridge is full. Um, <laughs> mate, it was a absolute game changer. So you're that, catching raw fish. So the, the beauty of the spearfishing is that you can be really selective with the fish that you actually catch. What's your favourite fish, Gaminda? Let, let, let me ask you that. Barra, barramundi. How do you cook your barra? Grill it. you got to grill the barra. All right. So less is less is more is what you're telling me. <laughs> now, you won't get any barra here, but I'll tell you what you will get. You'll get probably the best part of a dozen different species all floating off, off the rock shelves here. And you can be really selective. You can make sure you just take the bigger size fish, leave the babies to grow. Um, you're doing your bit. Um, you're not worrying. And that's the thing with – I like rod fishing, but you don't get any choice in – what bites on and, and what you've got to drag in and then you know you, you got to hope to bet that, that you can actually release the the smaller fish and cast it you know throw it back in the ocean uh easier said than done sometimes but with spear fishing you get a bit, bit, more, bit more selective but i tell you what one thing that scared the crap out of me i was going for a little spear it was you know i did all the right things you know i i don't go early morning or, or late in the day so i can avoid when the sharks are at their hungriest. I also make sure I only go out when the water's really clear because they say when the water's murky, sharks are more likely to maybe have a bit of a nibble on you. So I avoid those couple of things and in I went. It was, you know, as I said, it was lunchtime, beautiful day, clear water. In I went, having a great time. And then all of a sudden I see this thing like a torpedo. No firing towards me and this day the visibility was probably at least 20 maybe 30 meters it was the the best i've ever had it kind of like what you picture the great barrier reef to be like and here we are in sydney and it was the same same story and there's this torpedo firing straight towards me and it's that moment where it's like if this is a shark and we know they they can swim crazy speeds what do i do and i just froze and uh, I just, my instincts just, they disappeared. Scary. In about 
it's coming towards me. 30, 25, 20, 15, head on, head to head. And was about 10 metres away. I saw that as it was approaching me, it was actually rotating in the water as if a torpedo had just been fired. Jeez. And I came up for a quick breath of air and I've put my head back down. And it was a bloody seal. <laughs> <laughs> it was this seal that came spinning towards me with a smile on its face, I kid you not. <laughs> it had no idea I was there. It was doing its own thing. It went straight past me and it just kept swimming. It was having a great time. It was just going for a lunchtime stroll. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've absolutely shit myself. <laughs> oh, survives another day. From one seal to another. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen a I've seen my fair share of sharks in the water too. Mostly they just leave you leave you alone, but. Um, look, that seal moment was one of those pinch me moments of I can't believe I've just seen a seal of all things swimming in the ocean beside me. Um, I'm a lucky guy. Like how incredibly lucky I am. So hobbies during COVID have been quite the uh, quite the blessing, I would say, for those that have been proactive. We've heard people take up all sorts of things like. Um, some on on the uh, on the old socials, we've had people say they've they've got into cooking. We've had others that have got into making cocktails. Shout out to the gin fizz. Um, we've also heard people getting into things like pottery. Um, what else have you heard, G? Uh, around your your neck of the woods, what's what's the flavour at the moment? Yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't know about uh, cooking, but I've gotten into eating, and there's a lot of people <laughs> that have gotten into cooking, but then there's someone's got to eat it. And, and so, you know, that's uh, that's where I come come into play. And the other one is um, mountain biking. Mountain biking has taken off around here, and it's um, there was a point in time where you couldn't actually get a bike on the Coffs Coast. There was a backlog, and everyone was after a mountain bike. And it was probably oh, April, May, June last year where that that trend really really took off. Similar story to to you in that shark seal that turned out to be a seal for another seal um it was obviously when you get a lot of part-time mountain bikers on these tracks and as you know sean like up here on the coast there's all these tracks everywhere and you know there's probably been a handful of people at best over the past five years who've ridden those tracks and and, and who are always on those tracks but in the past 12 months that number's ex- exploded it's ballooned so there's all these people all of a sudden out on these tracks on, out on their mountain bikes and you know, coming into winter last year, let's just say not everyone had the right the right lighting and equipment Uh-oh. on their on their bikes. You know, Uh-oh. and um, it didn't really please the people who had invested and and had been doing the tracks for a long time. And this, so I've come down. So anyway, so I'm one of those people. Okay, I didn't invest in lights and whatever else and. Um, you know, reflectors, and I, my bike came with the reflectors. I took them off because it didn't look good, and we're all about <laughs> aesthetics, you know. We're, we're millennials. We want to make sure the bike looks good. So right. I took off my reflectors, and anyway, I'm riding down this track, and it's like it's 4 o'clock, so the sun's beaming, you know. It's reflecting off the ocean. It's it's clear as day. It's beautiful. Um, and a lot of these tracks, whether you're heading north or south, it's one way. 
So you've just got to be aware. You've got to be, you know, on high alert at all times. And I'm heading down this track, and uh, there's, I can see there's another guy coming the other way. He's got a, a light on his helmet. And in my defense, I think that light restricted his vision because he was only looking where the light went. Mm-hmm. But in his defense, he couldn't see me because I didn't have reflectors. So, you know, let's not – well, you could flip a coin. You could basically <laughs> – on whose fault it was, more so maybe mine, maybe, but you could still flip a coin. <laughs> anyway, so he's coming down, he's coming down the track, and and I see him, and I'm I'm approaching a bridge, and I get to this bridge, and I'm thinking, well, I'm closer to the bridge, so naturally he would give way. You know, I'm I'm applying road rules to the bike track, so if you get it to a stop sign first, and the other car's still approaching the stop sign, you're free to go because they're not there yet. So I've just gone onto the bridge. Um, I'm going pretty quick, you know. I'm a new mountain biker. I'm keen. I want to test out my new machine. And he enters the bridge. Oh. But it's a, it's only a one-bike trip bridge. So I swerve left. And then he then sees me. He then sees me. But my handlebars lock in to the railing on the bridge. My left handlebar locks in. So I go over my handlebars. I go flying over my handlebars. I go over the top of him. He goes around me and just carries on onto the because <laughs> pathway's clear now. So he goes past me. Anyway, I tumble over. Um, long story short, helmet. I had a women's helmet on. I didn't know about it. Didn't quite cover my <laughs> noggin. So I've got eight stitches. <laughs> I didn't have the stitches yet, but I've got a nice cut. And he comes back around and he says. And he's got like, you know, he's got lights flashing on his handlebars, lights flashing on his tyres, his helmet's going off. It's like, and he's like, I couldn't see you. And if you had proper reflectors, that wouldn't have been an issue. Oh, and I said to him, I said, well, you're lit up like a Christmas tree. We can see you <laughs> a kilometre away. <laughs> and that was that. And that was that. But I still continued to mountain bike on the back of that. Hasn't stopped you. Hasn't stopped me. And I still don't have the right lights. Eight stitches? Eight stitches. Do you remember back in year one, speaking of stitches? Uh-oh. It's year one, and uh, it's your first you, – you came to the school, right? And, and we, you know, became friends almost instantly. Year one, our first year in the same, same class as me, as you. Uh, I mentioned old Stevie boy as well as Pete. They were in there as well. And um, for whatever reason, uh, I got called out of class to talk to one of the uh, the teachers. And I think it was it was some good news. It was like, I don't know what it was. It was like, oh, you've been selected to do this thing, whatever it was. I don't know. Debating or sport or whatever the hell it was. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You had no idea what was getting discussed outside. You just saw me getting dragged outside to talk to the teacher. And I've come back in. It was during free time. Remember back in primary school where they gave you like an hour a day to just do whatever you wanted to do in the class, read a book, build blocks, play games, whatever. Loved it. Anyway, so you're inside. It's free time. You're doing your thing. Where It's like a little barnyard. Like People are just running around everywhere. And I've come back in and you've started to, 
because I've approached you, you started to walk away from me. And I'm, I'm trying to catch up to you to let you know the good news that I've just received. And I think you thought that I was in trouble, that I had like some bad news to pass on. And you started running from me. So I started chasing you. And when we were chasing, I'm chasing you around the classroom. And then lo and behold, our arch nemesis, let's call her Caitlin. <laughs> she's sitting on the ground and she's got her legs across. And you've run past Caitlin. You've done the the, the perfect uh, um, hurdle as if you're in the Olympics over Caitlin's legs. And I'm not looking at Caitlin at all. I'm just seeing you and I'm just chasing you. Caitlin lifts her leg up. She trips me and I go headfirst into the corner of the desk. <laughs> Five stitches later, uh, I finally get to tell you the story about how, uh, you know, we'd been both selected in whatever the hell the uh, the thing was that I can't even remember now. But I'll never forget that, mate. I've still got the sk- stitches on the, uh, on the left eyebrow uh, to match your your eight stitches that you now have, courtesy of old Christmas lights boy. Yeah, yeah. And Caitlin. Caitlin doing what she always did and got away with it yet again. Yet again. For all those <laughs> uh, those Caitlin fans out there, uh, not all she's cracked up to be. Anyway, it is, of course, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening patiently for the last 25-odd minutes, and it is time to investigate the track. Gee, what have you got for us tonight? Well, mate, we're, we're actually, um, as I said, I'm a bit of a COVID baby. I'm doing all the things that... 95 kilo, baby? <laughs> we're working on that. For those of you who saw Jackie O lost 10 kilos, uh, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. But, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a, a prototypical COVID person where I've done the things that people tend to do in COVID and... The biggest trend, you'll be surprised to probably hear this, but the biggest trend uh, in in on the back of COVID in terms of exercise and sport and what's really taken off is is actually golf. Um, so the, it was a sport that, as we said, you know, the Lord Mayor was trying to sell off the courses and make them into nice parks for locals to to hang out and have picnics in and all that sort of stuff, but. It's actually taken off. Um, golf's taken off, and we've had 250,000 Australians join golf clubs in the past 12 months. And we haven't Jeez. sort of seen, yeah, huge, massive, massive numbers. And we haven't seen that sort of level of interest in golf since the old shark himself, Greg Norman, was crashing it on the world, on the world tour. Have you seen him lately, old Greggy Norman? He is ripped. He's got the six-pack. And there was a uh, – someone took a photo of him. He's uh, – I think he's over in, I don't know, California or somewhere. And he's going for a little walk along the beach, just him and his, uh, in his board shorts. And uh, and and he was getting a, a few comments about uh, Greg, Greg Newman Jr., who was uh, well and truly on display in this particular photo. Old Greggy boy, he's a, he's a great white, uh, both uh, up top and down low, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> shoot your shot well there you go and um i guess you know going back to um episode two and career changes and you know why did we step away from from detectives and to, to be sport sports stars and i think it's because we didn't want to be shopping at aldi in byron bay we, <laughs> we, 
on the beach in uh, in California, like the old shark. So 250,000 new people, uh, or new members of of, uh, of golf clubs around around Australia. Um, have you found that there's been any negativity around the new the new members? So you haven't any grief up at uh, up at the Coffs Coast? Well, I'm a new member, and I think we're great. I think we're we're all good as long as we have our reflectors on and we oh. adhere to the standards of the, the of people. Of course, <laughs> of course, you think you're great, but what do other people think of you? That's what I want to know. No, yeah, I think, look, I, I think the trend, I think the trend, and, and that's what we do, we investigate the trend, right? And I think the trend is all about what COVID's done. And what COVID's done is it's it's made you want to, I guess, find ways to maximise your time. And the good thing about golf is, you know, it's a sport, it's exercise, it's social, it's, it's a great combination. It's a touching with nature. You know, you can walk. You can walk the course and anyone can do it. You can do it with up to, you know, really four generations of your family. Yeah, someone as young as 10 years old can swing with someone. The oldest member in the country is 107 years old. Legends. Think about that for a second. You got a 107-year-old swinging in the golf clubs. He could be playing with his great-great-grandkids. There's no reason, you know, why not? And I think that's the beauty of golf. It's a, it's a sport. It's social. You're touching base with nature. And um, I've got to share this with you. So I was looking into this because, obviously, I wanted to know why I got into golf and, and what's, you know, the science behind it. And so a Scandinavian and, you know, I don't know if they're accredited, if it's legit or what, but that's the people who did it. They found that they um, in they 40% of the people they, in I guess, tested, investigated, extended their life expectancy by five years of playing golf. It's the most relaxing uh, and, and soul-healing sport around, and it can extend your, your life by five years. So why not? Tell that to my fairway game, mate. It bloody took about ten years off me life, I reckon. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, they actually um, came up with a term which <laughs> I wasn't going to use, but you've, you've, you've explained your game there. It's called swingding. <laughs> so unless if you have a case of swinging, you're in the five percent where it uh, may not be good for your life expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to get a shirt made up. Old swinging. Okay. Old swinging. Well, thanks for investigating the trend, G. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you tell the world about what's going on in terms of hobbies during COVID while we uh, while we share our our lockdown thoughts. Um, it is, of course, episode three that we're wrapping up now, Wednesday evening here in Australia. And we look forward to the next episode um, where we'll have another lockdown thought just for you. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure you have a listen into episodes one and two, where we spoke about moving to the country during COVID as well as career changes during COVID. Uh, and tonight's episode, of course, is featured by that delicious gin fizz that G is sipping on. What's the verdict, G, out of 10? I'm with you. I'm with you. I can see why you're certainly pushing this plug. Uh, and I think that's it for them. I think if we're going to plug them again, we better get paid. Okay. Okay. Good call. Good call. <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. It's been a hoot. It is, of course, Lockdown Thoughts with Sean and G. I'm Sean. And this is G signing out. 
like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Look forward to catching up with everyone next week. Ciao. We'll be right back.